Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to our Kardashian season two, episode seven recap. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. This one was very similar format-wise to what we were talking about last week, which is we love when there's no filler and they're really just showing us the full behind the scenes of whatever's going on in their lives, even if it isn't the most riveting. Right. We got everything that was actually happening at this moment. And I will also say I did love this episode, but every single episode that we watch together is infinitely better. It could be the least climactic episode. And if we're watching it together, I'm like, was that the best episode ever? There is really something about that. There should, there should be studies on that. I don't think it's just an us thing. There, there's something specifically about Kardashians that when you watch it with another person, only someone who's equally as enthused about the whole thing as you are, it's a different experience. I think it's because I watch you pick up on the tiny things that I'm also picking up on. And even though after we'll talk about them to watch your facial reaction in the moment, or even things where it's like too minor that we wouldn't have even brought them up on the podcast, but I know that you're acknowledging it somehow. Like that to me is my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) Well, I also specifically happen to be a very reactive TV watcher, (laughs) which you really benefit from watching it with me. Like I really say shit out loud, even when I'm alone. You are so reactive. And that's true because when it's like a fucking amazing episode, you are like audibly gasping the entire time to the point where I've never heard a human being watch TV in the way that you have. (laughs) It's because I watch TV so infrequently and so minimally that if I'm watching it, I am locked in. I always say that I like would die to see the world through your eyes, not even Kardashian, like Kardashian, probably the least amount of all of them. When we're watching like a regular show and a regular series and something happens that I would say everybody else who's a normal TV watcher would just consider like a typical cliche in a TV show. You react as if it's your first time ever seeing that done. And it's like, (laughs) 
it's the most beautiful innocence you've ever seen. (laughs) Something that I do want to discuss about this episode before we really get into it is just the timeline of it all for a second. Because basically what we did is we took the major events they were discussing and then we put when that happened. So this entire episode was filmed, let's say, over the course of a month because True's birthday was April 12th. Kim in that Flames outfit was April 13th, according to the paparazzi photos. Easter was April 17th. Her Ripley's fitting in Orlando with Pete. Remember, she went there in the jeans with the white tank top tied behind her back. We didn't see that, but we saw the preview for that. That was April 26th. The Met was May 2nd. The Black China trial verdict was on May 2nd also. And Travis and Courtney's wedding was May 20th in Portofino. So this was really mid to end April in terms of when this episode was filmed, which for me, I always appreciate that context. I mean, we're not even really dealing with more than a week and a week and a half here, which is something that I really appreciate about this season is like, it is so concise and correct timeline wise, where I feel like with old Kardashian episodes, especially keeping up, you'd be watching it and you'd be like, I know these two things didn't happen even remotely around the same time. Like this event happened in June, this event happened in April and they're trying to play it off like it was the same week. But when you're watching the show now, everything that's happening is literally taking place within the span of one week. And you know that for a fact to be true. Yeah. But also the reason that I enjoy that so much is because it gives you such a real-time understanding of just how much is going on in their lives. Like, oh, sorry, Kim and Chloe can't fly to Milan with Courtney because it just so happens to be the Black China trial happening at the exact same time that Courtney's prepping for her wedding and the rest of them are prepping for the Met. Like it's, a lot of moving parts. I want to bring this up now because it was something that Chloe said in the episode. I had no idea that she had been invited to the Met before. Was that the first time she had said that? It may not be, but I had no idea. That completely took me by surprise. And honestly, I'm shocked she didn't reveal that piece of information sooner because I feel like she's almost been trolled by that for a little while now. Like people love pointing that out, specifically with her and Courtney, and almost putting them in a different category of Kim, Kendall, and Kylie. So if I was Chloe and I had been invited and then I was hearing everyone say that, I don't know if I'd be sitting on that piece of information in the way that she had been. Does the fact that Chloe has been invited before mean that Courtney has as well or no? See, I don't know because I can't really envision a world in which Courtney was invited and she didn't go. Because even if she wasn't as enthused about doing it as she was while walking the carpet with Travis, she doesn't dread this stuff in the way that Chloe does. She never has. You know, Courtney really just has much more of a fuck it attitude about things than Chloe ever does. And so I don't think she'd mind the red carpet. I think she'd kind of like the drama of it all. So I'd be surprised if she had been previously invited and chosen not to go. What do you think? Yeah, that was my thought as well. I mean, I guess my assumption about Chloe doing the Met Gala this year was that this was the first time that she had been invited. That's what I thought previous to this episode. And despite all of her hatred for red carpets and events and paparazzi, the reason she chose to do it is because it was such an honor to be invited for the first time that she couldn't possibly turn it down. And so I'm so shocked now having the knowledge that she's been invited in the past and still chose to go this year. 
This exact conversation we're having right now, by the way, is precisely what we mean when we discuss how such a huge benefit of the show is really just getting these little behind the scenes details of these major events that we watched unfold in real time, but didn't really know what was happening. And to me, hearing Chloe talk about this was huge because it gave me a whole new understanding and perspective on the entire situation. It's like I almost want to go back and now watch the red carpet footage knowing that this conversation was taking place, knowing her anxiety going in, which you probably could have figured, but also having the knowledge that she had been invited previously. And and this was kind of more of a choice than I thought it was at the time. I'm such a sucker for behind the scenes information that I even get excited behind the scenes information that we've already had. Like when they were at lunch and they were talking about the Photoshop incident with True and Stormy, I was like, Oh, fuck yes. I love hearing them talk about it. We already got that story exactly as it was told in this episode is exactly as it was explained to us previously. And yet I was still living for hearing them talking about it. This was a moment where I was really appreciative of the way the Hulu show was filmed because there's something about Kim just looking directly at the camera in the middle of this lunch while wearing this flame outfit and being like, listen, guys, it was just for my grid. You know, like I like those moments and she would have never been able to do that on Keeping Up. Me too, especially because when Kim does that, I'm like, are you talking to me? I know. I really, it really feels personal. (laughs) It does. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Plus. 
Wait, I actually want to talk about the post credits. You guys have to watch this. It's the last 45 or so seconds after the initial credits roll. But Kim's like, you know, I want to talk about that flame outfit for a second. She's like, is everyone on the internet saying, oh, wow, look at her. First time she's dressing herself post Kanye. Look at that outfit. She has no idea what she's doing. She's like, I'd like you to know, first of all, he picked out this outfit. And second of all, if I had worn that while we were still together, everyone would have thought it was the best thing. She's like, you are all so fucking fickle. And the producer's like, can I put that after the credits? And she's like, absolutely. (laughs) That is the stuff I live for. I got to say, like, I get what she's saying, but I still think we would have thought she looks like Guy Fieri. (laughs) Even if she was currently with Kanye. Yeah, like, I know for a fact that I would have thought that she looked like Guy Fieri, even if she was still with Kanye. But I think the general public would have as well. I think that... The way that Kim's outfits were scrutinized post-Kanye were because it was really brought to the public's attention, the way that Kanye dressed her versus the fact that he wasn't anymore. And so that was a real uh, piece of information that people could use to dig in on. But I think that if somebody didn't like her outfit when she was with Kanye, they just would have not liked her outfit. Now they just don't like her outfit and additionally blame it on not being with Kanye. I also think it was the time frame of her wearing this outfit that was notable in the sense of it still felt relatively new, this concept of her dressing herself without Kanye. So not to say people wouldn't have been critical regardless. I agree with you. This outfit was just not really it. But I think this is when people were hyper-focused on what she was wearing because they were so excited to kind of use that card. You know, it's interesting thinking about the fact that Kanye did pick out this outfit because let's just look at the time frame here. Like, This was April. This was when her and Kanye were not in a good place. He was posting on social media a ton about her. She was at the height of her relationship with Pete. And it had been a while, timeline-wise, since Kim had said in the first season of The Kardashians that Kanye still wanted to dress her. So my question here is, is this an outfit that Kanye had picked out months and months and months ago and Kim finally wore? Or is this something where, like, Even at their worst, Kanye was still picking out outfits for her here and there, and she was still taking that advice. Well, if we take that thought a step further, I honestly feel like there's not that much of a difference either way. Meaning, yes, it would be a different story if in the height of them fighting and him posting everything on social media, they were also simultaneously conversing about what outfit she was going to wear. Yes, that's kind of a different level. But either way, even if this was something that he had picked out months before, it still goes to show you that in the height of their disagreement and him disrespecting her publicly, She still derived so much calmness and sanity from knowing that it was a Kanye-approved outfit that she would rather wear that than kind of lean more into her independent style-wise. And that's been a journey that we've been on with Kim. I mean, really finding her own voice fashion-wise is huge. But to me, you're so right. I mean, this is a huge indicator of that, regardless of if it was a pre-approved outfit or something that was happening at the moment. Right. It's like, No matter what the timeline was, it doesn't change the way that Kim perceives Kanye from a fashion perspective. The only thing it would change is, I guess, the way Kanye at his most angry with Kim, I guess you could say, the fact that he still wants to dress her, he still thinks about outfits for her. Like, I have to say, it would not surprise me in the slightest if during this specific time where we know that they are actively not speaking to each other, like every source has come out and said there is zero communication between the two of them. If 
Kim was getting emails from Kanye's assistant saying like Kanye picked out this outfit or Kanye still thinks Kim should wear this or Kanye saw this trend for Kim. Okay. So I think that is absolutely a possibility. I just think the difference is that she's not even entertaining it because there's two separate things at play here from Kanye's perspective, in my opinion, which is yes, of course, on some level, he really has viewed her to be this fashion icon before she even knew that she was. But at the same time, and possibly the overwhelming one is the control of it all, which we've spoken about numerous times. Whereas no matter what is going on, he has always known that he has some ability to control her from what she wears. And I think that giving that up or that being taken from him in his eyes is probably one of the hardest things to wrap his mind around. So I'd even go as far as to say that even in the midst of all of this, his desire to have an input on her fashion is maybe at the highest, even though I fully believe she's not remotely entertaining that and has really leaned into her independence in that regard. I think you're right. I think it's the control and also uh, the access to her. I think that he feels, listen, of course they have the kids, they're co-parenting on some level. So even if it's not direct communication with each other, there still is a line of communication there. But I think that while having that line of communication existing for the purpose of the kids, he uses it to exploit what he wants in his ways too. And when you put it like that with the fashion element of it, I think he also uses it as a way to be in contact with her. I mean, we've heard the way that he speaks about Kim in interviews when, you know, he's asked, you know, do you, are you upset that Kim has moved on? Are you upset that you guys are not together? And he says, no, we'll always be together. Like the delusion in his mind about them still being together, I think probably is only fed by the fact that he is probably still doing that now that I think about it. He probably is still trying to communicate with her through fashion, both to control her and to have some ounce of, of, of relationship with her still. I have said this to you a few episodes ago, I forget when we were having this discussion, but I did not realize until watching this show just how deep that connection ran fashion-wise. And that's why, in retrospect, the post-Kanye Kim styling era was so much more than what met the eye. Like To now know almost what a rebirth she was probably experiencing and how emotional this was, aside from anything else, it gives you a very different perspective viewing it. Not in terms of like liking or disliking her outfits. That's that's different. I mean, I think you can view that objectively. But just trying to understand what it felt for her to step out for that first time knowing this does not have the Kanye seal of approval. Because the other thing you have to remember is that he has been so outspoken to her about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And specifically when it's something that she did on her own or with her team of stylists, he had no problem really coming down hard on that when he disliked it, probably partially to maintain the connection. Because if you instill so much fear and uncertainty in another person that they can't even walk out of the house and know for a fact their outfit is going to be okay, unless you gave it the final seal of approval, them stepping into that without you is a whole new world. I agree. I think that was one of the most eye-opening parts of the new Kardashians is just how deep that fashion element was. We always knew it was there. It was no secret that this was something that they bonded over, something that was really important to them, something that connected them. It was not until watching this that I really, I don't think any of us, understood the full extent of just how far that went and just how controlling it was. I mean, even think back to the episode recently where she's in 
Milan for the Prada show. And Kanye's texting her saying like, that's the worst outfit I've ever seen in my entire life. Like you should be disgusted that you wore that or whatever he said to her. And she's finally, it seems like at the point where she can just laugh it off and not really care. But I do wonder if there's a part of her that's like, doesn't want to take what he's saying to heart, but almost can't help it. I think at that time, even though it appeared that she was receiving it in a kind of lighthearted way, that I'm sure, you know, just a hint of it kind of got through. Whereas now, if he were to text her that now, I genuinely think she has gotten to the point where that doesn't like permeate her mind in the same way. You know, I think also if I'm Kim and I look back on my relationship with Kanye, I want to feel like there were aspects of it that almost like I wouldn't have traded it for the world type of thing. Like it ended and it's gotten so bad and things are so dark and towards the end, things were really bad. But like, here were the aspects of it that really stuck out to me and that were really important to me. Obviously the kids is number one. I think if you're Kim and you're looking back on it, you would say that bonding over fashion and the way that he helped to elevate her fashion wise and the way he brought her appreciation for fashion would be probably number two. And so I think it would be really difficult for Kim to admit to herself or Kim to be able to look at that bond that they had and see it as only controlling, which it really was that we can look back as outsiders and understand that now in retrospect, I don't think Kim can allow herself to fully go there. Cause I, if I was Kim, I don't think I could. Right. It's like a massive reframe of this aspect of your relationship that you thought was maybe the most beautiful. And I will go as far as to say, while I completely agree that the majority of it was for control purposes, I do think that Kanye really did think of Kim as his muse and as the most beautiful woman in the entire world that he has a love for fashion. He has a love for Kim and to be able to join those two at one point, I do think was highly rewarding both for him and for her. So yes, if I had to put it on a scale, I would say the control aspect is much higher, but I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that at a certain moment in time, it wasn't just the control. It was also the mutual joy that it appeared to bring them both. Totally. And I think that in that moment, Kim would say that as well. I think it's more of an in retrospect thing where it's like, wow, I acknowledge now that this is a really controlling aspect of our relationship. Like, was that at the time too masked as something else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, which is a huge possibility. I mean, that's why talking about the behind the scenes of Chloe at the Met Gala, the behind the scenes of Kim at the Met is also fascinating. You know, aside from the physical behind the scenes of really getting to see the fittings and the process of getting the dress and Chris having to call up Ripley's herself and all of that. But just psychologically, you know, even hearing her say, I didn't know if I was going to go this year because I didn't feel that I could top last year's Balenciaga and her talking about leaning more into the concept about looking beautiful on a red carpet, not being the end all be all and wanting to tell a story about fashion. I fully believe her when she says that that's a relatively new revelation. No, I do too. I do too. You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about Chloe and the Met Gala. I wonder if when she was invited, it was when she was dating French Montana. Oh, you mean you think that she was invited a while ago? That's my thought. I've really been thinking about this because to me, there's no way that she gets invited on her own and Courtney doesn't also get that invitation. And to me, there's no way that they don't go in that circumstance. I think that's what made this year more special and maybe how my guess is that Kim convinced her to do it or Kim and Chris both convinced her to do it. 
But my, I, I know that French Montana has been there in the past. And so my guess is that I think that that was probably when she was invited. I'm thinking about it though, because she was dating French Montana in what, 2014, 2013, somewhere around there. I don't think that her red carpet associated anxiety was as bad then as it is now. You know, I, I know it's been building over the years, but I really do think so much of that really happened post everything that went on with Tristan, because I think she felt like she was a really easy target. In addition to, of course, being constantly body shamed and her looks being ripped apart by the public, I also think so much of that came from the vulnerability she experienced post-Tristan. I agree with you. I think that maybe it if this was the case, I'm not saying it was, I don't even know if French Montana would have been invited during that time. I'm just theorizing. But if it was during that time, it was coming directly off of the Lamar breakup. And so while it wasn't the same level of distaste for red carpet events and paparazzi and everything that comes with it, I do think it was a particularly sensitive time for her at that time as well. And so that could have contributed. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I'm very curious when it was that she was invited. And I hope that that's a piece of information we get. I'll tell you though, hearing her talk about it, it just enhances the pride I already felt of her for showing up. It's like, <laughs> we talk about this constantly, but the connection to Chloe is different than the connection with any other sibling. It's like, we as a collective whole are rooting for you so deeply. I'm so glad that she came. Like, I am so happy now in retrospect, you're right, that she did this. I Because as I was watching this, I was getting frustrated almost as if I didn't have the information that it was going to work out and she was going to go. And I was sitting here watching this episode being like, Chloe, come on, you have to do this. I also didn't realize how much of a last minute decision it was for Kylie. That's actually shocking. I mean, to me, that just goes to show really the respect and love that she had for Virgil, because I would say there is nothing else that Kylie would commit to doing this last minute in this big of a way think about it, even much smaller family-related things she'll bail out on. So for her, even though she's not feeling entirely comfortable to want to go there with the sole purpose of honoring Virgil, to me, that speaks volumes about their relationship. Totally. It was a really nice moment thinking back in retrospect on it of all of them being there together this year. And I'm so happy that Chloe was able to be there because I do think that had Chloe been invited and decided not to go, it's still no matter what would have been the narrative that Chloe still isn't invited. And it would have been the narrative that Courtney was only invited because her and Travis now have become so, you know, in it. The fact that they were able to do it together and for it to be their first time together at it really brought the whole thing for me. I know that Chris was standing at the top of those motherfucking stairs beaming, beaming, beaming. watching Chloe. Yeah, as she should. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. 
And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. To me, these were some of my favorite Courtney scenes that we've gotten in this new season. I really thought so too. This was the exact concept we were talking about last week of... When she's filming these scenes, you can tell it's because she really wants to do it. Like she absolutely could have said, you know what? We don't really want to have cameras in Italy. This is such a private, sentimental moment between the two of us. And we don't want to share this, but she wants to share it. Like this is Courtney in her most calm, most proud of herself, proud of this relationship, wanting to show this fairy tale. Like when you can tell that she's filming because she wants to do it and because she's so excited to share her reality with the world, that is when she is at her absolute best and like her most serene, most likable. I could not agree more. And even, because I want to get into all the wedding stuff in a second, but even in the scene where she's just having lunch with Chloe and Kim, I was watching the three of them together and I was like, we have spent so much time talking about the dynamics, who's the closest with who, the switch, Chloe and Kim, Chloe and Courtney, Kim and Courtney's dynamic. The best fucking dynamic is when the three of them are together and the three of them are in their best possible mood because that is incomparable to any other combination. I know because they all bring something different to the table. Like, you know, I fucking ride for Kim, but on Kim's best day, on her worst day, she will never be able to truly internalize the fuck it mindset in the way that Courtney always has. It's just something you were born with or born without, and Courtney was born with it. And she brings that energy no matter where she goes. The difference is that because she's also so happy right now, it's like the fuck it attitude, but compounded with just a lot of kindness. Right, exactly. And also the three of them together is just, in its simplest form, 
so reminiscent of the OG days. Like that's what it always was. It always at its core was a show about the three of them. And so even in these small little glimpses of them together, you get that dynamic back. And I think for a lot of the past couple of seasons, so much of it has been them fighting or them trying to navigate this new dynamic. When they are just simply hanging out and having fun, nothing beats that. I know. And it's additionally good when you can tell that they're really enjoying it. Like in this moment, it didn't feel like there was any twos going on. It genuinely felt like, you know, them all just hanging out back in the day. Right. Em, I have to say, like, (laughs) it's never lost on me, really. But Courtney and Travis love each other so much. No, Julie, I know. And honestly, not that this is the reason because they're never trying to communicate their affection in a way that's the most digestible. They're just doing them and like people like it or don't like it. But the way that they were with each other in this episode was also, I would say, the most enjoyable from the viewer perspective that it's ever been. Completely different energy than Courtney straddling him in the backyard when the realtor of the house that they're viewing is watching. And I know if you're listening to this episode and you've listened to all of them, I think that if you're listening to specifically me speak about Courtney and Travis, it's like, wow, she switched up real quick. I don't take back any of the things that I've said previously, specifically like that realtor moment, which will probably stick with me for forever. But in this episode, I don't even have words for how much I appreciated seeing them together. I will never, I'm telling you till the day I die, I will never get tired of talking about how this era of Courtney's life is factually her best ever. And it's so unbelievable to watch someone for so many years just go through it. And at times, honestly, I would say like lose some of your sympathy or empathy for her a little bit because it just felt so cyclical. And in a lot of ways, I think that we were so sympathetic towards Scott and the way that Courtney was acting towards everyone around her just came across as so mean that even as the viewer who'd been in it for so many years, I think that I experienced a little bit of like Courtney bitchy fatigue, if you want to call it that. And to watch her now, I am so happy for her. Like, I can't even express to you just how happy I feel because this is it. This is the life that you always wanted to live and you are watching her do it. No, it's really unbelievable. And, you know, the thing is, as the viewer, you've gone through a lot of different Courtney phases. It's not just like Courtney unhappy versus Courtney happy. Like, you've really had a whole roller coaster with her. And there were times where she was with Scott where I think when they were at their best, I do think that there was a version of Courtney there that was also her best. I think that when they were at their worst, they were both at their worst. And I think that Courtney for a long time obviously had to really compensate for where Scott was lacking. But I do think that there was a period of time when it wasn't bad, when they were together and they were happy, where Courtney was so much fun also. Like those early days of Courtney when she was like fucking around with Chloe all the time and her and Scott were fucking around. Like I would be lying if I said I didn't miss those days. I truly do. This is just clearly a much better era of Courtney from like understanding the full scope of things perspective. And also it comes with age. Like she's grown up a lot since those days. She knows what she wants now. She knows what she deserves now. And it's a different type of happiness and it's a truer type of happiness. But I do think as the viewer watching Courtney throughout all of these years, you've experienced so many different versions of her and so much up and down. 
she's given us a lot. I mean, if you view Kourtney Kardashian solely as a reality star, everything else aside, she is one of the greatest that we have ever had. Even at times when she wasn't the most liked, she gave us so much. And for that, I am forever appreciative, honestly, because think about the content it's given us. But think about how funny that sentence is. Like for so long, Courtney's whole thing was that fame wasn't for her. Being on reality TV wasn't for her. Even now, it's not like she's on the show in the same capacity as Chloe and Kim are. But when you look back on it, you're 100% right. This thing that she hates is like the thing that she's best at. She's really good at it. I mean, you just, you can't choose your talents, you know? No, I guess not. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. You know a moment that I actually do want to talk about? Which? In the beginning at True's birthday, when Chris comes over to Chloe and she's like, I just want to tell you, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but I just hung up with Tristan and he told me that he's taking care of everything for True's party. And Chloe's like, I appreciate that, but I'm not letting him do it. And she says in her confessional, basically, I work really hard to be able to give my daughter this and I'm very proud to be able to do it on my own. So this was a really interesting moment for me and I'm happy you brought this up. To me, this interaction had far less to do about Chloe and Tristan and a lot more to do about Chris in this scene because I personally, like, the I understand what Chris was trying to do and saying, like, this is a nice thing that Tristan wants to do. You should let him do this. It was almost like he owes you this. It's a favor that he's taking care of this. Let him pay for it. The way that Chris was pushing for Chloe to allow Tristan to do this made me feel a little weird. One million percent. And I am so glad you just said that because if we really break it down, the Tristan aspect of it isn't surprising. It's interesting because I am always and forever deeply curious about the logistics that go into planning these parties when it comes to the financial aspect of it all. But we know that this is how he operates. He does terrible things and then thinks that he can smooth it over by either getting Chloe a diamond necklace or paying for True's party or anything of the sort. It's really more so the Chris aspect of it that I was so fascinated by. And 
Also, though, I'll say not overly surprising. It's been a theme with Chris where we find her to be just a little bit too forgiving of the men in their lives and also kind of too willing to get them on board with being forgiving of them. You're right. Like, that's exactly it. It wasn't surprising to me that Chris had this interaction with Chloe. What it was, was such a glaring example of the times that we've brought this same idea up in the past in terms of, like you said, Chris being almost a little too forgiving or almost a little too wanting to aid in forgiveness. Because the thing here is, is let's say that, you know, Tristan pays for this party and he tells Chris and Chris convinces Chloe to allow him to do this. What you're basically setting up is a scenario here where Chloe's the one that put all of this together. Chloe is the one that is at home with True throwing her this birthday party. Chloe is the one that is organizing this entire thing. But Tristan gets to swoop in and get the credit for paying for it as some sort of like a menschy move. Exactly. And my frustration with Chris is that I know she is coming from a good place. I know that she just wants everything to be smooth sailing. And so if this in her mind is an action that can be done to kind of smooth things over and make everything be quote, okay, then that's what she wants because she wants the least amount of upset in her children's lives as physically possible. But I think sometimes the mode to which that is achieved needs some examining because it's exactly that. Like I am unwilling to accept Tristan's activity at face value anymore. If this was someone else and they were co-parenting, they're not together, but he wanted to do it. I would say nine out of 10 times. I'll say, fuck it. Let him do it. Not in this situation. I so understand what Chloe means. I don't need any of your help. And actually the best thing you can do is fully stay out of it. We also in this scene, it was so minor, but it was a really key indicator of their communication level because she says, I haven't seen Tristan since around Christmas time in person. They have not seen each other physically since then. And this was around April. She does say that they co-parent well together, but they have not been face to face in months at this point. Well, when she says that they co-parent really well, what I kind of take from that is I don't think Tristan gives her a hard time in terms of any of the logistics. Like, I think he is more than happy for her to say, here's the schedule. Here's what's going on. Here's what True's doing. You have her X, Y, Z, and that's it. Like, I think that Tristan is so happy with the amount of control that Chloe takes over all of it. And that works really well for her. So when she says they co-parent really well, I don't think that has anything to do with their relationship as much as it has to do with he lets her drive the ship. And I think she wants it that way. And he's more than happy to kind of have that hands-off approach. Not to say he doesn't spend time with True. He does. But I don't think he's giving her a hard time about the specifics of a day-to-day situation. No, I don't think so either. I guess probably if I had to guess, obviously I don't have intimate knowledge, but if I had to guess the better way to describe it would be they co-parent seamlessly together rather than co-parent well together. And what's interesting is having this conversation coming off of the photos of well, the sneak peek that we got from North's TikTok showing that Tristan was at the Halloween party, which I know that at this point in the show, Chloe had just said that they hadn't seen each other in months. Now that there's a baby and presumably their relationship is going to have to take on a different co-parenting form. But I do think that having the knowledge that they hadn't seen each other in months at that point and knowing that he was invited to be at the family Halloween event still carries a little bit of weight. 
I just love finding things out from North's TikTok. Like that is an amazing sentence. Now that we got this secret piece of information that Tristan was at the Halloween party, according to North's TikTok, like, okay, North investigative journalist. No, North's TikTok is, is the greatest gift that we have. Right now, it is one of the greatest things we have at our disposal. Absolutely. I will never forget when Penelope joined TikTok for the first time and we were like, wait, are we doing self-care wrong? Because she seems to be way better at it than all of us. <laughs> Listen, they were born into it. They know what the fuck they're doing. Penelope should have her own target partnership. The conversation of wondering what it is going to look like five, 10 years down the line for this next generation of Kardashian to really enter the entertainment business world is fascinating to me. Like right now it's too early, but let's say, I don't know, six, seven years down the line when North is doing a legitimate fashion collab, what that looks like and what her Instagram is going to be in terms of the way that she utilizes social media strategy. Like it's so, it's, to me, I mean, that's a whole new world that, that's going to open up to them. And it's just going to be really interesting to watch that unfold. To me, what it's going to look like is exactly what it looked like with Kylie's ability to use Instagram to sell Kylie cosmetics and the way that she connected with her audience in that way. It's just growing up with an innate understanding of social media paired with an innate understanding of business that you've gotten from the time you were little because of the family that you're born into. Putting those two things together is a recipe for success. And that's what we saw with Kylie. And to watch both North and Penelope, again, you're right, they're way too young to be having this conversation. But the young age in which they just understand how to use social media, and for right now, it's just for fun, like it's just what they love to do. But combined with who they are, they that's the whatever the next Kylie Cosmetics is in the making, for sure. That is the next Kylie lip kit. Couldn't you see like seven years down the line, North launching a product line, Nori by Northwest? I don't know what the actual product would be, but I just know it would be massive. Absolutely. So wild to think about. I really liked this episode though. Like I had a lot of fun watching it. I love the preview of next week where we see Kim in the Ripley's office because we know for a fact Pete was there. I wonder if he's going to be on it, if we're going to get a glimpse of him. I don't know. I just thought this was great. Answered a lot of my questions, kept me entertained. No filler, a lot of little side conversations. I, I was in on this one in a big way. Oh my God. I had obviously the time of my life watching. And I have to say, I really, I know there's a lot to talk about with the Kim and the Met Gala stuff. And I think we'll probably get more into that next week because it feels like that's going to be the episode where it really shows the journey of fitting into the dress. But positive or negative reactions to that, to get the behind the scenes and really understand what went into that moment is beyond fascinating to me. Yeah. And I think to me, just to be able to watch her reaction in real time to knowing the magnitude of what was about to happen. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll see next week. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? Uh, there's a million more things I want to mention. Like my mind is just completely running. I could literally talk about this shit. It was what, 44 minutes. I could talk about this uninterrupted for three and a half hours. It just wouldn't be anything that people would want to listen to. It just, I, I can't get enough of it. I know. I feel the same way, which is the beauty of having this podcast. Oh, thank God. It's such an outlet. 
M. I, I don't know what I would do without it. <laughs> okay, well, we love you guys. Thank you for giving us this outlet and letting us talk about this and analyze all these little details, even though I know there's a million more. And we love you. We'll see you later this week for Bravo and then back on Monday for our regular episode. Thanks for letting us do this. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.